When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Mum's the Word, the parenting podcast. I'm Georgia Jones and I'm your guest host for this week. I'm mummy to my son Cooper who was born back in 2018 and to be honest one of the hardest things I found when becoming a parent was actually losing my my independence and my identity and kind of going through that journey of trying to reclaim it and working out how I actually did reclaim it which I've done now and one of the most surprising things that I have found from becoming a mother which I don't think many people talk about is not having that instant surge of love that everybody says you will get when you hold your baby for the first time it has now turned into the strongest love I have ever experienced but yeah it wasn't there initially we will talk about that another time so now that's enough from me let's get into this week's chat As we know, there are so many moments of joy with our children, but what about those times we're really tested and faced with defiance and disruption, which I'm pretty sure every parent can relate to. I know I certainly can. It's miserable for the child and absolutely exhausting for the parents. So what can we do to avoid this? This week, I'm very excited because I've got so many questions. We have child behavior expert Marie Gentles to join us to talk about the need for emotional safety and how behavior can be transformed when a child feels secure and truly heard, which is such a huge thing. So welcome to the show, Marie. But first of all, before you say hi, I actually need to say welcome to the show, Marie Gentles OBE. Let's not forget that part. (laughs) Do I need to curtsy or or bow bow down? (laughs) Absolutely not. And thank you for having me. Well, flipping well done. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely fabulous. Now, you are an author. You are a a former teacher. You are also a mum to teenagers. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, Have I got lots to look forward to? I have one little boy. He is five. You have lots to look forward to. (laughs) But I think when we say, oh gosh, do we have lots to look forward to? It's not all terrible. You know, there's so many nice moments as well. All I think of when I think of the teenage years is just surging hormones (laughs) and, and, and my child not loving me anymore and not wanting cuddles or kisses. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that doesn't happen. (laughs) But what I can say is that, you know, there is another side of it as well. And actually, 
I, I'm being totally honest when I say this. There's, I really enjoy my teenage children. Now, I don't say that all the time every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do really enjoy them. Oh, okay, right, good. So I'm, I'm feeling positive about the teenage years. Now, we mentioned, so you were a teacher. That is how you started your career. Um, and you found your classroom became a haven for children struggling with, you know, other environments, which is actually amazing because I would never have seen school that way. But obviously as you uh, you as a teacher saw it from a completely different kind of perspective. And what was the catalyst um, to do the work that you do today? I think a couple of things. I think, so qualifying as a teacher, it was fascinating to me because I started off working in the mainstream school and then I went off to work in the specialist sector afterwards. But it was so fascinating to me that not every young person doesn't matter how academically bright they are some of them really struggled with the day-to-day and really struggled to communicate that was the first thing and then many many children got sent to my classroom and I always used to think to myself why are they getting sent to me and why does it why does it look different with me not because I was any better a teacher I just started to question it and wonder why um but also within my family um my mum I mean she's got dementia now but prior to having dementia she was a foster carer for years and years and were really inclusive um extended family and I've just always found children, young people behave just really interesting. I just always have. Well, I think you say you probably weren't any different as a as a teacher, but I'm assuming you actually were because not that many teachers kind of look into more than other than the syllabus and, you know, what they've got to teach their children. And and often I feel like this isn't the right word to use, but the naughty kids get overlooked. They either get pushed to the side and ignored or they will get, you know, a, a demerit yeah. or a detention and told, you're wrong, yeah. you're naughty, rather than looking into, you know, the deeper issues, which is obviously what you've now gone on to do as a as an expert in behavior. <laughs> um, and it's, it's so amazing what you're doing. But looking at kind of emotional safety, for anybody listening, what does that mean? Okay, good question. So emotional safety is when children and young people can feel safe enough emotionally. So that means if I make a mistake, is it going to be okay? If I make a wrong choice, is it going to be okay? If I really upset my mum or my teacher, is everything still going to be okay? And then having the confidence and the emotional um, growth, if you like, over time to understand oh, this is part of growing up Mm -hmm. and to understand that it's safe. I feel safe enough to learn within whatever environment I'm in and to make the mistakes and know that the adults around me are still going to love me and they're still going to support me and be there for me. And that sounds really obvious, but it's not always the case. Well, I don't think it is. And I think a lot of parents don't necessarily realise that they're not being supportive. So for instance, you know, if I remember when Cooper was a little, little baby, really, and they would The amount of advice I got given, which was mostly let them cry it out. Yeah. Don't cuddle them. Because if you cuddle them when they're being naughty or when they're being disruptive, what word would you use? We talked about this, the correct term for when they're, you know, having a tantrum. (laughs) Well, I say undesirable behavior. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally get that. That's quite a good way to describe it. So when, you know, Cooper was having his undesirable behavior, I would be told to ignore him. And 
everything in my mother's instinct, in the deep down, in the pit of my stomach, told me that this was wrong. But because everyone was saying, this is what you should do. So if if you were to give, be giving me the advice and, and all the listeners out there, how would you deal with that, with that, you know, that behavior? Well, the first thing I would say is connect before you correct. So what can often often happen, and I've got a phrase which is no blame or shame. So if you're listening to something or reading something and think, oh my God, I didn't do that. Have I done it wrong? No, you're just doing the best that you could at that time. And that's fine. Like we're just humans trying to do the best that we can. So I always say connect before you correct. So if there's a particular behavior that's undesirable um, and you are like, right, I need to to, to speak to my child about this. You've got to connect with them first Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with them. So you connect with them. That could be calming them down. It can just be being near them actually and not saying much. Right. Your presence, if you're only, if you're calm though. So your presence can be actually quite self-soothing for young people. So just be present. Um, and then you may say, it's okay. You know, when you finished crying and then if you know what's going to happen next, you can say what's going to happen next. If you don't, that's okay. You mm. can say, when you finish, then we will talk. Or when when you finish, then we will decide what to do next. You don't need to have all the answers there and then, but connect first. Let that child know I'm here and I still love you. But this behavior that you're exhibiting, that also will need attention. But right now I'm showing you that I'm here and, and, and you're safe. Everything's okay. So by saying, you know, what you're doing is wrong, but I am right here. You're not kind of teaching them the wrong things by just, you know, giving them a cuddle going, don't worry. And, and you know, sending yeah. them on the way. But you could give them a cuddle, but then also say, We will talk about this when, you know, you've calmed down. I think a lot of the things that parents struggle with is the calming down. Yeah. Because I know, uh, speaking from experience, that Cooper was just red ragged to a bull when he was in his tantrum phase and there was no explaining to him. Yeah. So what would you recommend in in that sense? Because I mean, he would scream so loud I couldn't even talk. <laughs> yeah. I would say, so what I always say is preventative is always better than reactive. So, and a couple of things. So the first thing is preventative support. So if, for example, you're going to the park and you know that every time you leave the park, there's a massive meltdown, you can put, you can put some preventative strategies in place to plan and prepare your child before leaving the park because for them from their perspective leaving the park feels like the worst thing in the world they're not thinking well I've been here for three hours you know it's enough now now we need yeah, to go home they're like I'm having a great time why does this need to end you know? Absolutely. <laughs> so you can put preventative strategies in place and then what that can do is it can reduce the risk of those behaviours reoccurring in the same way now it doesn't mean they won't have a tantrum but what it may mean is that it may be shortened or that you feel more confident in dealing with it which has a positive impact on them. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is we've also got to be realistic and understand when a child is growing, especially younger children, that's how they express themselves. They're going to scream sometimes and they're going to be defiant and it's part of growing up. And actually we as the adults need to learn to become okay with the fact that we don't need to always stop a behavior in the moment. Sometimes we have to allow it to happen And sometimes the reason we want it to stop is because it makes us feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, I think a lot of um, factors that are around us are what makes us want it to stop suddenly. You know, it might be somebody giving you a funny look in the street or, you know, other 
people tutting at you and yeah. thinking you can't control your child. And often it's not the case no. at all. When we're, we're looking at um, understanding our children, what would you say were the first steps into really understanding them and kind of, I guess, getting to know how their behaviours and how we deal with them? Yeah, good question. I think that first thing is we have to try and get into our minds that behaviour is a communication. So especially with younger children, they don't have all of the words to express how they're feeling. So if they feel overwhelmed, they may just lie on the floor and scream. And so we have to be the interpreter and and think to ourselves, what are they communicating through their behavior? Now, we might not have all the answers straight away, but often it will be anxiety, overwhelm, fear, um, uncertainty. They're kind of like the common ones in regards to what's going on for these young people. So if we can remember those ones, for example, then if we're like, I have no idea what started this, we can refer potentially back to one of them and say it was probably one of those things and it's okay because then we can start to think to ourselves right well what caused that overwhelm or what caused that fear um, or that confusion or that uncertainty and then once we have an idea what caused it then we can start to support them from there then we can prepare them differently so for example if I'll just use the park example again if a a young child is, is feeling is throwing themselves on the floor and screaming when it's time to leave the park what can often happen is we can think but we come to the park every day like why is this happening but then if we take a few steps back and look at the whys behind the behavior what is it communicating well the child is saying through their behavior I don't want to leave and I don't know how to end this in a different way I just don't know how to do it yeah and so then we can go take a step back and we go oh okay they don't know how to so let me have a think about transitions for example let's have a think about how we can prepare in a different way even before we stepped into the park see I think that's a really good way of doing it is letting them know you know I I found letting Cooper know maybe 10 minutes before we were leaving we're going in 10 minutes and I actually see quite a lot of mums do it and I would I would always give that that advice and I remember it was actually nursery that gave it to me and said give him warning Give him warning and it won't be quite as bad like you said. Yeah. Now, Marie, you have a book. Just tell me what, what your book is called, where we can buy it, <laughs> oh, all those things. Okay, so my book is called Gentle's Guidance, mm-hmm. um, How to Understand, Inspire and Empower Your Kids. Um, it's available for most bookstores. You can buy it on Amazon. Um, it's, you know, fairly, it's out there. Mm, amazing. Um, and the, 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 the reason I wanted to write this book is because I want parents or school staff or just anyone supporting children and young people to know and understand that it's okay we're all doing the best that we can and we've got to change our mindset and our perspective when we think about children and their behavior so instead of trying to stop or fix behavior we have to try and change our perspective to understand what is this behavior communicating and also we have to think about ourselves as well and we have to start thinking to ourselves What can I do differently to change my perspective so I don't feel so overwhelmed 24-7? Yeah. And I'm not the only one. Well, that was one of the things. So I was reading about your five main C's, um, which were actually really super interesting to read because the very last one, which was convey, um, which is what does my behavior look like to to them? Yeah. 
really hit home to me because there was one situation and I'll tell it very quickly and I'm sure a lot of parents and carers will be able to relate is I was leaving the supermarket with Cooper and the most monumental tantrum happened. Now, uh, Cooper was non-vocal at this point. He actually took a long long time to speak. So he could not tell me why he was upset. And we got into the car and I could not get him into his car seat. I was like, I'm going to break him. Like if I push him, yeah, they go they go stiff as a board. Where they get their strength up from, I do not know. It's unbelievable. I'm like, how are you stronger than me? You're three. Um, and we both sat in the back of that car and cried. Yeah. He screamed. I sobbed because I felt like a failure. I was like, I can't do anything. And he won't listen to me. And actually this is, what does my behavior look like to them? Terrible at that point because I was basically tantruming too. Mm. So if somebody is in that situation, what would you suggest? How do we manage that? Right. The first thing I would say is just stop and breathe. So I often recommend to parents, if you're, for example, you're driving in the car and the kids are screaming or a situation like yours, they won't even get in the car, just stop for a moment. Mm. And what often happens is we don't want to stop because we're so conscious of everything, everyone around us. Oh my gosh, I just need to get them in the car. But just take a moment and stop. Honestly, when you literally, when you breathe, it allows oxygen to your brain. And then you, for a second, you can be able to think a bit clearer and be like, right, okay, now what am I going to do next? Or what am I going to say next? So that's the first thing, just stop and breathe for a moment. And then the second thing I would say, and I've said, I've said already today is, preventative rather than reactive. So have a think about what are the, where are the key moments where my child goes stiff as a board or they're screaming or whatever it may be. Where are those key moments and why do we think they happen in those moments? So is it because they just don't want to get in the car? Um, is it because actually they've got into the habit of, which is quite common. So every time we go in, I'm just going to do this. And so if we just were to tweak ever so slightly what happens before they get into the car, it can tweak the behavior. So for example, it can be, but it all has to be planned and prepared for. So when you're at home prior, for example, and the child is feeling happy and you're feeling happy and relaxed, in those moments, it can be, right, well, let, you know, you can even role play it. Let's role play getting in the car. Yeah. Um, and so they know what's going to happen and you're, you know what's going to happen. And it can be, well, when you get in the car, then I'm going to give you this. It can be a toy or whatever you're going to give them. So you get in and then I give you this and then mummy gets in and whatever it may be. Now, it may not work perfectly the first time, but you practice it. So for them, they know what's coming next. You break the cycle that they have created in terms of every time I get in the car, this is what I'm going to do. And it takes some practice and some um, perseverance, but it is doable. But equal to that, also just to remember that we also are going to just go through these things. I know that's not always what people want to hear, but we're never going to reach a place where your child never has a tantrum again or it's just not going to happen. And we've got to learn to be okay with it. We do. And everyone everyone's children has tantrums yes and and people might not talk about it and this is what i found difficult is that not many people do because people see shame with tantrums and shame with their children being you know a little bit unruly at times so people don't talk about it so then Everybody feels very alone yeah. when their children are that way. There was one one of the C's as well, which was calm. Yeah. Um, and that was teaching them those things, like you said, like the role play prior yeah. when they're in a calm state, yes. which I think a lot of us don't really think about doing that. 
that because when they're calm we're just getting on yeah, with absolutely. our jobs and you yeah. know doing the washing up loading the dishwasher yeah. putting a, a load of washing on and um, when actually they're the times when we could sit down with them absolutely children are amazing from a really really young age and sometimes people will say to me but I don't have the time and I I completely understand you know as a mum myself completely understand however if we are to put that time in to prevent particular behaviors reoccurring in the same way it's so worth it rather than thinking to ourselves but I need a handful of strategies to know what to do in the moment because if you are able to plan and prepare prior then actually that becomes your in the moment strategy so if with the child you've done some role play and you've you've role played well this is what we're going to do in that moment when it feels like it's all going wrong you stick to the script so to yeah, speak yeah because it what it does it provides them with emotional certainty I know that mummy or whoever is going going to do this every time I do that Um, and then in over time because it takes time and practice that actually helps to emotionally contain them and you were asking me earlier on about that feeling of emotional safety that actually supports them um, when they can predict what's going to happen because I think not I think pretty much everyone on this planet as much as they might not like to say it like a routine yes (laughs) it makes you feel safe if my routine goes out of the window I'm a a wreck (laughs) and so it's the same with children that routine you know makes them feel safe it makes them feel loved and you know and happy within that environment Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Do you have an insatiable fascination with the paranormal? Are you ready to dive headfirst into the eerie realms of the unexplained? Brace yourself, for the supernatural world is about to reveal all of its secrets on the Paranormal Activity Podcast. And who better to guide you through this hair-raising journey than myself, Yvette Fielding, renowned paranormal investigator. Every episode of Paranormal Activity takes you on an unforgettable adventure into the unknown. I share my own encounters, chilling experiences and exclusive insights into the world of the paranormal. But that's not all. The true heart of this podcast lies in the stories, evidence and questions shared by our devoted listeners. Like you, whether you're a seasoned paranormal enthusiast or just starting to dip your toes into the waters of the supernatural. Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, is your ultimate 
destination. Will you dare to join me? Listen to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, wherever you get your podcasts from. For me, though, one of the most amazing parts is on attachment. Um, so if you don't know much about attachment, I highly recommend that you go and read up about it when you have time. Um, but the attachment theory. So it's all about how we attach to another human being. And so we all have different attachment styles, which then affects our relationships. So it can affect our relationships with partners, relationships with other people, relationships with our children. So if you have an idea, it's not a perfect science, but if you have an idea of the attachment style of your child, it can it can really change so much and it can help you to understand them and how they perceive and view the world. But just understanding that the important of importance of emotional connection. Um, and again, we're all really busy, most of us, and it's totally understandable. But even just, even if you don't know where to start and you can, you could do literally two minutes of a morning when a child first wakes up, two minutes in the afternoon and two minutes in the evening to start with of focused connection time with your child, just as a starting point. And it's you and them, no phone, you're not doing anything else. You're down at their level and you're emotionally connecting with them. I cannot stress what a difference this makes to children's relationships and their behavior. I just can't stress it enough. It's it's overlooked so often, but it's, it's absolute key. It's like, People are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. It's just transformed things. It's it's magical, actually. Well, just you saying that to me then, where, when you at, when someone actually says it to you, you think, God, yeah, because I do. I'm with my child, you know, a lot of the time, but I'm never fully present. I mean, I am sometimes, but yeah. you, you don't realise how non-present yeah. you can be a lot of the time, especially with all the technology of going course. on. You know, your kids watching the telly, we're on our phones and all other distractions. Yeah. One question I wanted to just go back quickly to you saying about um, the uh, emotional kind of attachment. Yes. Are children born with certain emotional attachments or do we teach them? Such a good question. So this has been the question that's ongoing. Is it nature or nurture? Mm. And one of the things that's kind of come up in the research is it's probably just a mixture of both. So what's really, 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 really important is that if you are to go and read up about the attachment theory, it's not about blame or shame. So some people think, oh my gosh, um, you know, I had a really traumatic uh, birth, does this mean that it's going to affect the, tr- the attachment with my child? It's it's absolutely different for every single person. Um, and there's so many different factors, but it's a mixture of both kind of nurture and nature. However, the, the main thing is regardless of the attachment style. So I've worked with like hundreds of children with what's called a disorganized attachment style, um, where they are really on the edge all the time. Their behaviors are really high level and you can work with a child of, with any attachment style and still secure them. It takes time and, and different lengths of time, but it's still doable. So to me, I always say focus on that. You know, don't, don't, don't get too far into, Oh my gosh, my child might have this attachment style. Is this my fault? So don't worry about it. It's okay. There's so many different factors. Just focus on the the fact that you can reconnect and re-secure your child or children in so many different ways and 
honestly, it, it just sets them up for life. I can't stress it enough. And where would we look to find, uh, like if I want to see what Cooper's attachment style is, where how how would I go about finding <laughs> that out? So um, Bowlby, a guy named Bowlby, um, he was an, an American psychologist and psychotherapist and all sorts. He came up with the attachment style theory. So if you want to start there, it's B-O-W-L-B-Y. Have I spelled that right? Um, you can start there. Um, but literally, if you Google it, there's so many things out there but um again it, it's not about blame or shame it's just about understanding um different attachment styles and then how that affects children and young people how they present how they attach to different people etc yeah and for pregnant women so pregnant women that are yeah. listening that it's their first child that they're having congratulations <laughs> all of you um what advice would you give to them? So they'll, they'll you know, they're going to give birth and what do we do? How do we start their little lives? Oh, <laughs> well, the first thing I would say is start to tell yourself there's no such thing as um, perfection, only progression. Progression, not perfection. <laughs> I wish I'd have known that. I'm a perfectionist. Me too. <laughs> so that's the first thing that I would say, because especially as a new mum, you know, we can be trying to strive for this thing called perfection and it just doesn't exist like children and young people are growing they're changing it's natural and normal for them to push the boundaries to try and express themselves in different ways um this is all normal child development Uh, so we have to aim for progression where it's step by step so we i was here and now you know i've made a tiny step of progress brilliant absolutely brilliant and then no blame or shame everyone's doing the best they can from where they are so you that's what you do you get so much advice and people telling you what to do and not to do but like you said earlier go with your gut Mm. Um, as long as you love and care and nurture that child you can't actually go too far wrong you can always pull it back or do something differently the next time I think the gut's a very powerful thing so powerful and and also new mums read read Marie's book that's one (laughs) one thing you should do Um, any top tips from your book that you could give us a little insight to just you know just to tempt us okay yes what I would say is what's the feedback I've got so far is really interesting because people say oh my gosh this is a lot about me as an adult and I say yes because it starts with you Mm. and not in a kind of blame way at all it's actually entirely opposite it's about what about your needs um so when you're saying to your children or wanting or hoping for your children and you're saying to them you know I just want you to be happy I want you to learn how to live a balanced life and well actually are you doing that for yourself yeah absolutely (laughs) because you're the best how your how you are is always going to be the biggest teacher rather than the words that you say children and young people learn more from what they see from you than what they hear from you yeah I mean they do, they really do don't they yeah. they, are, they are sponges yeah absolutely. absolutely I remember someone once gave me a bit of advice and they said um you need to fill your own cup up first and it made me cry because I realized that my cup had been empty I think from the moment I had given birth um and it's so true without you being full of all the things that you need to make you a fully functioning happy human you then can't do that for your child can you or anyone else around you yeah I've got a whole chapter on that where I talk about so I talk about it as in in percentages so I talk about it some kind of the other way around so if you're emotionally full of angst and worry and fear or whatever it may be so I talk about if you're 90% full for example of 
worry, then you've only got 10% capacity to think, reason, react and respond. So in any given moment, say your child is having a difficult moment, you could read a thousand books, you can have all the strategies to hand, but if you've only got 10% capacity, whatever you do, even if you do it word for word as someone that has advised, that child is going to pick up more from what they see from you than what they hear from you. Right. So you have, you've got to find ways. And I, and people always say to me about time, which is understandable, but I always say the same way that you wouldn't, well, hopefully you wouldn't miss a day of brushing your teeth, for example. Um, And it's, you know, a few minutes, you can start there and just have a few minutes where you've got something for yourself, whether that's, so for me, I always have a cup of tea in the morning by myself. So everyone knows it's only a few minutes, Um, but that's where I started. And then I built it up. And if I stopped doing it, I would really feel the difference. Yeah. So you've got to find something. Find those little nuggets of, of your happiness. Yeah, I have a coffee. I get up early. Yeah. I'd much rather get up earlier yeah. when the house is silent and have a coffee <laughs> and just sit in my peace yeah. um, than get up later and I'll be frantic. Totally. And, yeah. And and how how would you say was like a good way? For, obviously, that's us and us filling up our cups. How would we inspire our children? By, by what we do. So I know I keep saying this, but not what we say, what we do. So if we want our children, like I said earlier, to be happy and balanced and know that it's okay to make a mistake, be resilient, then we we have to try and do that for ourselves. So if we... Um, you know, and that's, we're just talking about make, about your cup being full or not yeah. full. And so if you have, and no blame or shame, it's just something to reflect on. But if you are, if you've made no time for yourself and you're trying to teach something to your child, it's very difficult for them to learn from an adult who's absolutely loving with all good intention, but who hasn't done it for themselves. So it's, that's what the, and it's so hard because we always think, oh, but they come first and, and they and they are so important. Yeah. But actually they're going to learn from what they see from us. And don't panic, because <laughs> I probably people are probably thinking, oh my gosh, I learn agency. Um, but it's okay. It's what we predominantly do. So even if we make a mistake, we can just say, Oh, I'm so sorry. If we shouted and we thought, Oh God, I was so tired, it's all right. It's yeah. okay. I, I, mummy was really tired. Um, what I should have done is just t- walked away for a moment and come back again. It's fine. And then you're teaching them that. Yeah. And I think it's important as a parent to say sorry. Yes. Because I, I've really learned that. And Cooper responds to it so much yeah. more. So if I go to him, if I know I've done, even if it's just, he'll say to me, That car was blue. I'm like, no, I'm sure that car was red, Cooper. <laughs> and I find out he's right. Yeah. I'm like, all right, know it all. But and I'll be like, sorry, yeah. mummy, mummy was wrong there. Yeah. You're right. And you see his little face, and he's like, oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's nice. I, I, mummy said sorry. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it teaches him to do it, it more it as does. well. Now, we have got a question in from the public we've had quite a few coming in and we have got one from Margo on email and she says hiya I've just had my second baby and I am a long time listener of the podcast that's great to know I find the tantrums from my first now are next level sometimes I'm so stuck on what to do 
as it often is like talking to a brick wall once they get going. Once he gets going, there is no stopping him. Do you have any suggestions on how to calm the situation or even to just get my first to even respond to me when that when they are in full tantrum? Anything would be amazing. Thanks, Marge. Yes, absolutely. The first thing I would say is, because it's really important to say this, is that with children and young people, tantrums, etc., are all part of growing up. But as a child gets older, if you feel like it's slightly different, especially if you've got more than one child and you think, oh, this is a bit different. First of all, just you may want to just double check that there isn't anything underlining going on. So I have to kind of say that. Mm. However... What I would say, like I said earlier, is preventative rather than reactive. So in a given moment, you can actually help a child to co-regulate. You can co-regulate with your child. So in the moment when the the tantrum is second to none and you're like, what do I do? There's going to be limited things that you can do to stop it in that moment. But what you can do is bring it to an end um, quicker over time. So you can co-regulate with them. So that can be, don't say too much. Because mm-hmm. sometimes what we do is we panic, which is understandable. Well, what's wrong? What can I get you? Well, that's enough. And we try all these different things Have in a the snack. moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Have some chocolate. Yeah, we try everything, which is okay. But actually, when you're co-regulating with them, what you're doing is you're showing them how to be calm in that moment. So it's okay if they're, you know, as high as a kite, but you're calm, you are still teaching them something. So one thing you can do is not say so much, be present. So be, um, you don't need to be like right next to them. Yeah. Um, but be it be present so they know that physically you are there you're still there keeping them safe emotionally just by being physically present um just really quickly a parent once said to me it's a bit of a slightly older child and they said oh my I, my daughter screams at me to go away and so I walk away and then she follows me around the house <laughs> and I said but that's because she doesn't really want you to go away um what she but just stop talking and be present she needs you to be calm yeah. um and then uh, another two things so the first thing is just remember that over time it's progression you're looking for. You're looking looking for increments of progression, which you will find. And so the intensity of the tantrum can feel the same. But look out as you move forward, does the tantrum shorten in time, the length? So if a child has been screaming for an hour previously, and then you put in some preventative strategies, that's the second thing. So you've um you thought about, well, what was the what what caused this potentially? What happened before this behavior occurred? What thoughts and feelings, because I talk about thought, feeling and action in my book, what thoughts and feelings potentially occurred for this child before this behavior happened? And then you can support them from there moving forward. Um, but just uh, remember that the 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 over time, the you might then have them screaming for 20 minutes when it was an hour before, but that's progression. Yes. That is progression. That's what we need to remember. Yes, and we can forget. It's it's the little wins. Yes. You know, even if it's just shorter by five minutes. Absolutely. That's better. That's That's great. That's progression. Great advice, though. I mean, I really wished I'd have had your book when (laughs) Cooper was at his main (laughs) tantruming stage. Um, So just a reminder, your book is out now. Yes, it is. And you can get it from all good bookshops. Yes. And and just a quick one, it's appropriate for kind of like any age child, is it? It is. It absolutely is. Years. It's appropriate from right from toddler all the way through to teenager. Amazing. All right, I'm going to, going to go out and buy it then because I'm sure I'm going to need it in the future. It's been so lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. I'm sure you will have helped so many of the Mums Award listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Mums the Word, the parenting podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. Get in touch on WhatsApp where you can send us a voice message for free, even anonymously if you want, at 07 599 927 537. Email us at askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com or leave us a review on Apple with another episode same time same place next week planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.